The White Sox clobber the Twins in the series opener. Oof. Let's talk about it. Today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Locked On Twins postcast. Today is Thursday, July 14th. I'm the host of Locked On Twins, Nash Walker. You're with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mr. Brandon Warren. Before we get started, Twins fans, you're going to love this. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. If you're interested in getting into sports cards, you can find great deals on your favorite players on an app. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. If you like to use a website on your desktop, go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Brandon, got some uh, 2021 vibes. The White Sox come into Target Field, absolutely destroy the Twins. Tim Anderson has a big night. Jose Abreu has a big night. Luis Robert has a big night. Uh, That was frustrating. Yeah, and I feel like there were just a few pivotal pitches. So you talk about the line drive that hit Sonny Gray. I think that's a big one because he unraveled after that. And if he hadn't unraveled similarly in a previous start, I think we'd be a little more concerned with him getting hit. I think the check swing that was missed to Luis Robert, the pitch before he hit the grand slam, eh, the difference between 1-1 one and 0-2 one and and is, is significant if you look at splits and all that. But at the end of the day, you're kind of cutting or splitting hairs in a 12-2 loss. And then, of course, the pitch right after where the Grand Slam is hit. And the game is, in effect, over. And so, yeah, it, it was just that kind of night. And you flush it. You come back tomorrow and hope things are better. And who knows? Maybe the competitive juices started flowing there at the end. So the book is closed on Sonny Gray in the first half. That's it for him. He'll come and pitch out of the All-Star break, hopefully, uh, if healthy. Hopefully everything's okay after that tonight. How do you look at this first half from Sonny Gray, Brandon? I was thinking tonight would be a great opportunity for him to go out there and, and put together a really good performance against a team that isn't good against right-handed pitching. And, and I think, let's see, three seven one ERA, I'd give him like a B. I mean, they gave up Chase Petty. That's a pretty good pitching prospect for for him and he just you know he's he's been good he's been good when he's been on the mound and that just hasn't been enough to this point and that's certainly not his fault it's just a matter of that's the risk you take anytime you trade for another pitcher and so hopefully things will be better in the second half hopefully things will be better in the second half for joe ryan there are a lot of positives and there are a lot of question marks going into the second half or exiting the first half as it were and I think Sonny Gray is semi-far up up on that list. Johnny Cueto goes very deep. It was crazy to see in today's game. He threw 118 pitchers or something. Uh, but the Twins had a bunch of opportunities again, Brandon, like they did in Chicago against Cueto, and they won that game. That was also the series opener last week. And in this one, they just couldn't push across those runs when they needed to early on. Yeah, wasn't that the one where Buxton popped a homer and the yep. Twins took off after that? you kind of felt like there was a chance for that to happen. And two, I should say another play that kind of tilted today, tonight's game was the, the not challenged play at the plate with, with Gio Urshela. I thought he was safe. Again, I might have red and blue tinted glasses on, but 
to me, it was close enough to challenge. And I think it, it challenges can go twofold. You don't want to use them too early and run out. Save them for something that never comes. That's kind of the other side of the pendulum swing. I don't, it maybe doesn't change the flow of the game at all, but it's it's a run scoring or not. I think you got to use the challenge there. Very close play at the plate. And yeah, I mean, the white, I was watching the White Sox broadcast. They couldn't believe it. Jason Benetti and Steve Sohn were appalled. I think they're great. So I, I like to watch. The, They've uh, seen some things. In fact, they said the same when the, the White Sox intentionally walked Jose Ramirez after an 0-1 pitch. I think Jason Benetti was uh, something to the effect of, yeah, we've seen some things this year, Stoney, or something <laughs> like that. They're outstanding. So I like to watch them and, and hear their perspective on the Twins as well. They were baffled, baffled that Rocco Baldelli chose not to challenge there. And, you know, I think people sometimes are confused, myself included, about what's the line of command on a play like that. And I saw on Twitter it might have been Jace Tingler telling him no. But ultimately, do you know, Brandon, who that comes down to? I think it goes replay consultant or whoever's sitting basically i think it's like kitty corner from the the cages at target field and then it goes to jace tingler which in turn goes to rocco which is it's a pretty long chain of command when you consider that they want those things to be done pretty quickly what i think and and tell me if this is crazy as much as i don't want that replay review coordinator on the twins team to lose their job give each team two challenges but say you can't you got to decide in the moment umpires have to call these plays based on what they see you should have to challenge them based on what you see and what not what someone else sees behind the scenes because these pop-up slides at second base where a guy's off the base for a split second and is right back there i don't think replay was ever meant to be like that so if you see something as you're watching the game as you and i are sitting above the dugout and we think a guy's safer out that's the same kind of thing that I think replay should be in baseball, but I don't know how popular of a take that is. It would be interesting because I think you'd see a lot of managers make a lot of mistakes. Like we'd watch on TV sure. and be like, oh man, that was a, a terrible call, but that's part of it, right? That would be the yeah. fun of it. Josiah has an interesting question about a Hang on, hang on, hang on. Go can ahead. We just, can we just have a Josiah appreciation moment here <laughs> right now? Rain or Josiah, shine? Win or loss, Josiah is here. We love you. <laughs> we love you. And Josiah wonders, will the Twins find a great deal for a playoff caliber starter like Sports Card Investor app? Brandon, Ooh. Luis Castillo goes to Yankee Stadium tonight. Was amazing. I think he makes a ton of sense for the Twins. But him and Montas seem like the two guys as we approach the deadline. Yeah, and I think Yankee fans kind of thought he was auditioning for them. Which, yeah. Uh, don't don't flatter yourselves, guys. No. Um <laughs> Uh, and I wrote about that at Access Twins. The I basically listed a few big league players and some minor league players and what kind of deals I'd consider trading them in. I think you can, without having to trade, let's say, a Royce Lewis or Simeon Woods Richardson, if you really like him, you can still get a really good starter without dipping into that because the Twins have some very unique prospect depth. They've got young guys like Emmanuel Rodriguez, who I think is number three on the recently released Baseball America Top 30 for the Twins, who a lot of people aren't thinking of as untouchable. Maybe the Twins are. We don't know. But Noah Miller's in that mix. Spencer Steer's in that mix. There's a lot of guys who I think if you were to put three together, four together, with a fairly good headliner, or like a Matt Walner who just got promoted to AAA but is kind of roadblocked here, there's no reason to believe, in my opinion, that you can't get 
a Mally, a Montas, a Castillo, a knock on wood, Zach Gallen, who is kind of the number one uh, target I would ever have. Um, so I think they do have the ability to do that. The problem is we have not seen them do it yet. So we do not know what that's going to look like. We do not have a blueprint for it, but we also didn't have that for Carlos Correa this offseason. So keep that in mind too. Why Friday is a little scary for me. First, Built Bars. They're delicious. They're healthy. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. There's a delicious coconut-rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallow bar that they have now, and it's time to stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Brandon, I'm scared about Friday because it's Devin Smeltzer going against this White Sox lineup that is like historically good against left-handed pitching. Yeah, I I don't know if they're as good as they were in 2020, but you look up and down that lineup and it's right-handed and that guy's mm-hmm. right-handed and that guy's right-handed and oh, there's a switch and even like AJ Pollock who hit 7th tonight was kind of who they brought in to keep the chains moving and the bottom of the order against lefties. So, yeah, it's it's a disadvantage to have Smeltzer going out at this point, and he's obviously been roughed up of late. I think it's, what, like 13 homers in his last 26 innings pitched, or maybe maybe that's maybe that's way too many. Maybe it's like six, something like that. I just know the number is really ugly. Like, he started out very good and has been very poor since. And with that said, I think when they went into Toronto – it was a big mismatch, wasn't it? Him and Gaussman, and they won that game. Mm-hmm. Or him and it was it was him and someone else, and they won that game. So it's not impossible. But I'm with you. It's uh, it's a little bit uh, daunting to say the least. Well, on the flip side, Michael Kopech, who has not looked like the same guy he was in the first month and a half of the season, Twins whooped up on him in Chicago, and yep. uh, the velocity's down. You know, he's more 92, 93 than 96, 97. I watched him on Sunday Night Baseball against the Yankees. You know, earlier in the season, he was unbelievable. And I think since then, things have trended downward for Michael Kopech. So it's not a, a difficult – it could be, you know, if he comes out tomorrow and he looks like the guy in the first month. But the Twins got to him last week. Well, and will the Twins be the 12-run team from tonight or the two-run team from tonight? Right. It seems like they could they could turn around and do the exact same thing to Michael Kopech and friends tomorrow. But with that said, it just depends on which offense is going to show up, if – Byron Buxton will be in the lineup. Uh, two hits tonight, maybe starting a little bit. That triple was pretty exciting, but for crying out loud, guys, you can't cash him in from third with nobody out. It's it's not good. Well, people love to point, and I get it. You know, people love to point out Buxton's struggles even when the team wins, like yesterday. Yep. And let's point out Buxton's success even when the team loses. He had a triple, mm-hmm. and he had a, an infield single tonight. It wasn't Byron Buxton tonight, and it's easy to forget about the good performances when the team loses, but it feels yep. like the flip side of that is always true, that people point to Buxton even when the team gets an amazing you know, three-run three walk-off from Jose Miranda. And he was looking like he was moving pretty good, too. I think not only going to third base, but getting down the, the baseline on a, on a double play, a potential double play grounder that he beat out, too. So, yeah, I think I think things are looking better for him again we're going to take any positivity we can from him just because of how important he is to the twins. But I thought things looked better tonight. And two, Hey, let's get some love for Kyle Garlic hitting a homer off a righty. I think that's only the second time in his career. He's done that. So hard I mean, throwing too. 
Yeah, no kidding. And, and Nick Gordon coming in, throwing the the ninth inning. I thought we were going to have a. I saw someone mention your mean Mercedes in the chat. I thought we were going to have an AJ Pollock 3 0 uh, catastrophe where if he would have taken Nick Gordon deep, Tony LaRusa might have come out and broken him like firewood across his legs after he crossed home plate. I was I was not looking forward to that, but fortunately he walked and things cooler heads prevailed. I agree with Lucas. It felt like that game. Yeah, the Twins are still in first place by four games. They got work to do this weekend. Yep. Brandon, thank you so much. Twins lose to the White Sox in the opener, crushed, but it's one game at the end of the day and they'll play again tomorrow. We'll join you then. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for the views. We appreciate you. And Josiah, keep coming back. We know we'll, we know we'll have one, and we appreciate yes. that. Brandon, yes. we'll see you tomorrow.